Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex set. This will be a special episode. I just want to say, first of all, we made it. <laughs> oh my God, I've never been anticipating a single event more than I've anticipated this tour. But here we are. The countdown is just about done. And in less than 24 hours, this thing is going to be rolling. And this episode, I just want to just give an overview of the entire tour. I know there's a huge time difference, and that may help for some people who may not necessarily keep a close watch day in and day out of an entire tour like this. The last major tour they had of this scale was the Oceana tour, where they toured Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and Tonga. And that was around this time last year. Actually, it was October. So this will be a major undertaking for them. And they have a pretty heavy schedule. It's not as heavy as the Oceana tour, but it's still over a 10-day period. And they try to do as much as they can within that time frame to make the most impact, I'm sure. So I just want to go through what their schedule can look like and what you can expect day to day to see. And of course, the fine details will be filled in as those days unfold. And we'll get to see and hear about so many of the stories on the ground that took place that a lot of time won't take place until the tour starts. So that's one of the most exciting things about the tour. And it will be historic. And that's not me just saying that as a supporter. It's me really knowing how much Southern Africa means to Harry because truly he's going to be doing the most work on the tour. Megan will basically be staying in South Africa, but the tour will start and end in South Africa. In the middle of that, Harry will be in Angola, Botswana, and Malawi. So um, I really look forward to it. I hope you do too. I'm sure you do too. And my goal is to be able to make content throughout the tour. That's either going to happen or not happen. Um, with varying degrees of success, depending on what I have going in my day, because it takes a lot to produce these episodes. So both on the podcast and YouTube. So, uh, I will try my best girl, but, um, I'm just glad that it's here and then we can all basically enjoy this together. So without further ado, what does this tour look like? On day one, Monday, September 23rd, the tour will begin in Cape Town, South Africa. Both the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will be at a South African township and they will view a workshop that teaches children about their rights, self-awareness and safety, which also provides self-defense classes and female empowerment training to young girls. And we know how important just that theme in general is for both Megan and Harry but especially Megan. And to round off day one, they will visit the District 6 Museum. There they will learn about the museum's work to reunite families forcibly relocated during apartheid. And they will join a community cooking activity. Y'all know I'm calling that the cookout, girl. I don't really know what that's going to look like, but I hope it looks like a cookout. Um, because that's just one of the the things that are so at the center of community is food and being able to enjoy that together. So, but cooking activity, that's what they'll be doing with former residents of District 6 at the Homecoming Center. 
That sounds like a, a fun time. And I, I like the fact that it's sort of a relaxing end to day one because they will have traveled a very long way. So that's your day one. On Tuesday, still in South Africa, they will visit the Manwabisi Beach. There they will work closely with an organization called Waves for Change. Most in the Sussex Squad know a little bit about Ways for Change, Sussex Squad podcast. They did a nice video. I highlighted them on my podcast. They were highlighted by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex on Instagram as one of their forces for change. And Ways for Change basically uses surf therapy to help children build more trusting relationships, uh, children who have gone through traumatic events and allow them a resource that helps them to work through those things as they make their way to adulthood. Then the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will visit the Lunchbox Fund. The Lunchbox Fund was also highlighted by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex as their chosen charity that they wanted the public, if they wanted to donate, to donate to in celebration of the birth of their son, Archie. The Lunchbox Fund actually provides meals for programs like Waves for Change. So I like the way that sort of fits together seamlessly, actually. But in addition to organizations like Wave for Change, they provide meals for schools in South African townships as well as surrounding rural areas. From there, they will meet with Dr. Thomas Mays. Dr. Thomas Mays leads the Commonwealth Litter Program, which is a program that funds the research and action to tackle plastic waste in six Commonwealth countries, including South Africa. Continuing in day two, Harry has his own engagement. Harry will visit the city of Cape Town Marine Unit. He will travel by boat to Seal Island, Cog Bay, and he will look at the important role they play in combating the poaching of abalone. As Captain General of the Royal Marines, the Duke will be accompanied by two members of the Royal Marines who have been providing capacity building and skills training to that Marine unit. We are still on day two. You can see how jam-packed day two is. After that Marine unit visit by Harry, both the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will visit the Bocop area to mark Heritage Day, which celebrates the diversity of cultures, beliefs, and traditions that make up the nation of South Africa. They will then visit the oldest mosque in the country and meet up with representatives of different faith groups to hear about the strength of interfaith dialogue in Cape Town. And to round off day two, both the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will attend a reception at the British High Commissioner's residence. They will meet inspiring opinion formers and young leaders, underlining the diverse nature of the UK's modern partnership with South Africa. And that will bring day two to a close. On day three, both the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will meet with Archbishop Desmond Tutu at the Legacy Foundation. The Duke last presented him with an honor in recognition of his service to the UK communities and Internation Peace and Reconciliation. From here, their program will officially split. And Duchess Macon will then have her first solo visit. And the Duke will then travel towards Botswana, again, while Duchess Megan remains in South Africa. Continuing, closing out day three, 
The Duchess of Sussex will then visit the Woodstock Exchange, where she will be meeting with female entrepreneurs and investors working with tech. But she'll also highlight the benefits of networking between aspiring female entrepreneurs and successful female role models. So that concludes day three. Day four and five, that Thursday and Friday, all about Harry. The Duke of Sussex will begin his working visit to Botswana, first to the Chobe Forest Tree Reserve. He will plant trees with school kids and raise awareness of the fragility of those vital ecosystems. Next, he'll pay a visit to a local project run by his own charity, Sintabale. And Sintabale has really been anticipating his return. It's almost like the return of a son, which I absolutely love. Sintabale was founded by both him and Prince Seso. And the charity focuses on improving the mental health of young people affected with HIV. Also at the Chobe National Park, Harry will dedicate an area of forest to the Queen's Commonwealth Canopy, which will help link the areas of the Queen's Commonwealth Canopy across borders to facilitate the passage of wildlife and widening the range of their habitats. So once he's done that, Harry will leave Botswana for Angola. And this is still on day four. Once he gets to Angola... He will spend the evening at the Halo Trust, the mining camp. Remember, that's the organization first highlighted by Princess Diana in 1997. And that is the official end of day four for Harry. The Duchess of Sussex back in South Africa does have an engagement. So I misspoke earlier. Sorry about that. She will be attending a Women in Public Service private breakfast at the High Commission in Cape Town. Women have played an important role in South Africa's socioeconomic and political development. Invited guests have played a key role in the development of South Africa's institutions, such as parliament, government, education, and healthcare. And those women continue to advocate for women's rights and education, as well as gender equality. So I think that's going to be quite the event. Again, it will be private, so we really won't be privy to very much that is said. But the conversations had in that room, I think I would love to just be a fly on the wall just because that's always a room of power, if you will. But uh, women, influential women discussing how to continue to bring women into a, in the fold of a country in those specific areas. Those are areas of power, government, you know. So I hope that that's a really great event for Megan, as I'm sure it will be. And that concludes day four. Day five, which is Friday, Harry, again, he's still in Angola. He will get up early to visit a demining field outside Dorico and the Duke will remotely detonate a mine and meet members of that community. The Duke will also give remarks about the importance of continuing demining, which again, they, they want to be landmine free. We should all want that, right? But the official initiative is to be landmine free by the year 2025, and that's of all areas affected by landmines. Harry will then unveil a three-country Queen's Commonwealth Canopy project that was designed by him 
And representatives from Botswana and Namibia will join the Angolan minister to celebrate the collaboration and additional protection for national parks near the Akavango Delta. The objective here is to create safe and green corridors for wildlife and communities. So that will be interesting. From there, Harry will begin his first official visit to Angola, and that's in an official capacity. Remember, everything for him up to this point has been in a working capacity. And he will be met by the governor of Huambo, Joanna Lina, who was also the official that welcomed the late Princess Diana. And from there, Harry will visit the location where his mother was photographed. It was an area that was once dangerous with landmines, and it's now a busy street with schools, shops, houses, and that demonstrates the benefits of demining. From there, Harry will be escorted by a Halo Trust team member. And this man, Mr. Fernandez, he was a part of the demining team that worked in the area during Princess Diana's visit in 1997. Well, Harriet will meet with all three demining organizations from there, working in Angola under the UK Aid Global Mine Action Program. So this day, it seems like it will almost be a full circle. Now, Harry has visited Angola before. He's visited the same area that Diana's visited. But this feels much more like a full circle type of visit where he's going in deeper than he has previously. From there, Harry will go to the Huambo Orthopedic Center, and that was also visited by Princess Diana in 1997. The center's new name will honor Princess Diana, and that will be unveiled by Harry, after which he will tour the facilities of the Orthopedic Center and make a short speech before departing to Luanda. To close out that Friday evening, Harry will attend a reception at the British Ambassador's residence where he will meet business representatives and learn about Angola's economic transformations and business landscape. On the morning of September 28th, which is day six, the Duke of Sussex will have an audience with the president of Angola at the presidential palace, and then he will visit a maternity hospital in Lucretia Payne to see the First Lady's project, Born Free to Shine, which focuses on preventing AIDS and HIV transmissions from mothers to babies. And to round out the official engagements of day six, the Duke having already traveled to Malawi from Angola, he will have his first official visit to Malawi, having made many private visits there, working very closely with the people on the ground. And so his first official visit in Malawi will round out day six. On day seven, that Sunday, Harry will visit Lulangwe and he will visit the Nalikule College of Education. He will then have an audience with the president, Peter Mutharika, who has met Harry on previous occasions. And then he will round out day seven, with a reception, which is hosted by the British High Commissioner. On day eight, one week after the official start of the tour, the Duke will visit the Liwande National Park 
and pay tribute at the memorial site to Matthew Talbert of the Coldstream Guards. Matthew died in May of 2019 on a joint anti-poaching patrol with local rangers. Talbot shared the Duke's passion for the role of the British military, working in partnership with local rangers to protect endangered species. Rounding out day eight, Harry will dedicate the Lawande National Park and the adjoining Mengochi Forest to the Queen's Commonwealth Canopy. Day nine, Harry will visit the Mawa Health Center. And through this project, the UK and the US have supported the introduction of solar powered storage units to provide life-saving medicines where they are most needed. Harry will close out this engagement by touring the center and then he will depart Malawi for South Africa. Meanwhile, Megan will be at a roundtable discussion with the ACU in Johannesburg. They'll discuss the challenges faced by young women in assessing higher education. She'll then visit a local school and learn about the work of a local charity which receives UK aid funding for its work to raise awareness of and tackle sexual violence in schools. Closing out day nine, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will resume their programming after Harry has arrived back in South Africa. On the 10th and final day of the Southern Africa tour, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will visit a township near Johannesburg. There, they will meet with inspiring local youth, entrepreneurs, and view skills initiatives addressing the rising unemployment challenges which are faced by young people in South Africa. From there, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will meet Mrs. Grassa Michelle, who is the widow of Nelson Mandela. The Duke last met her in the year 2015. From there, they will attend an afternoon reception celebrating South Africa's important business and investment relationships, looking ahead to Africa's investment summit in the UK, which will be hosted in the year 2020. And finally, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will close out their 10-day tour, attending an audience with President Cyril Ramaphosa and his wife, Dr. Tshepo Matsepe. From there, they will depart South Africa, headed to London that evening, and that will conclude their historic tour. Ten days. Harry's going to be putting in some major, major work. But I look forward to seeing how it all unfolds. I look forward to learning more just as an observer, as a supporter, about the work that's going on in the world in Southern Africa and seeing how the Duke and Duchess of Sussex fits in. Because again, leading up to this tour, they've highlighted so many of the causes and charities that they will then get to see firsthand on their visit. And I look forward to sharing the tour with you guys. I think it's going to be just great to witness and take part in, even if it's in a small way. So look out for more content. I hope that you Try to get some sleep because the time difference is probably going to kill me, but I'm going to do my best to make sure I take it all in. So with that, let the tour begin. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.